Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series devoted to interviewing pastors and professors from LFBI and across the Living Faith Fellowship. And if you're familiar with this podcast and you've listened long enough, you've heard interviews that I've done with Pastor Mark Trotter. Um, he is a huge influence uh, on this fellowship and on LFBI. He was instructor for many years in our classes. Uh, he has preached at many, many of our conferences, the, the conferences that the fellowship does every year. Uh, we've promoted those through LFBI quite often. Uh, and he's also an author. And some of the books that he's written are actually textbooks. They're, they're resource books. Uh, within LFBI. And so you've, you've likely heard about Mark Trotter. Um, and he's, I mean, personally impacted my life, uh, in a way that, uh, I'll never be able to repay. Uh, but a lot of you aren't familiar with, uh, his son, Justin Trotter. And Justin is a dear friend of mine, and I'm so grateful for him. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to share him with you today. We're going to have a conversation about what it was like uh, to grow up with his dad and the influence that his dad had on him. But we're also going to talk about his own personal ministry and what God's doing in his life and, and what ministry and vision looks like for him personally as a pastor in Cali Harbin in Georgia. And so with that, um, I'm, I'm privileged uh, to introduce you to my dear friend, uh, Justin. Thanks for being on the show, man. Man, th thanks for having me, bro. I'm I'm honored that you would ask for real. Well, so, yeah, we've been trying to get you out here in Kansas <laughs> City to hang out for a while, right? And uh, it finally happened. Um, we're filming this at Mission Focus, so um, yeah, you're here. It's convenient, and we can do it. I, I'm ashamed to admit that this is my first Mission Focus. How that happened, I don't know. In all church, this past year was my first time in Kansas City. So how? I literally had to be trying to avoid you guys right. in order it feels to. That way. It kind of, yeah, you, yeah. Are yeah. you still a little hurt? I'm that? a little hurt. I'm a little bitter. <laughs> but I, I mean, like your dad, your dad came out here every year. Yes. To preach. Yes. But he was really going everywhere and preaching. How do you decide where you're going to go? Like, yes. Yeah. It, so it's tough. Well, he was at Certainty so much too, and then that was kind of like hometown, and so we would always make yeah. that one, yeah. and so this one was always a little hard. So anyway. Well, it's all. We're really th we are thankful that you're here. And uh, you're going to be preaching at Living Faith Lee Summit this weekend. And mm -hmm. um, man, it just, it, it just feels right. We're so glad that you're here. And this last year, you, you lost your dad. And um, that's been a really big deal. And everybody's felt that. I mean, like it's yeah. been felt fellowship wide. Um, we all loved your dad so much. People who are familiar with the show have, have seen him on episodes of the show. And, and so I, I just kind of want to start before we get into because I want to ask about ministry. There's all kinds of things I want to ask about. But I think people do want to hear from your heart. Uh, what this last year has been like since you, you lost your dad and what your family has been going through. And if anything, it'll just inform us in, on how to pray for you. But, but what is, what's this last year been like? Yeah, man, I, it's, it's hard to put into words because, you know, it's almost one of those things to where, you know, I think everybody on some level in, envisions the possibility of tragic things happening in their life, right? We try not to think about it, but inevitably you find yourself thinking what life would look like under these circumstances, right. you know? Right. And man, I, you know, you, you really, <laughs> until I actually lived that, yeah. um, it, it, it was, it, it was hard to comprehend prior to that. Cause I, I think I'd even said to my wife at points in years past, you know, I said, man, you know, just because just knowing how I felt, about my dad, the way I yeah. loved my dad and just seeing age happen, seeing 
cancer happen and just things like that. You know, I just remember telling her, I, this is going to be one sad brother. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. That, you know, and, and man, that was amplified even more than I could probably imagine. Um, you know, there were, uh, man, there were moments where I, yeah, there were moments where I felt like I might be the most brokenhearted dude on planet earth. I'm, I'm sure I wasn't, but boy, I felt like I can't imagine that anybody else right this second feels quite this bad, you know, yeah, like, you know, no. there were, there were, there were moments of that, you know, right. um, in the midst of, in the midst of those moments and in, in coming out of those moments, you know, the truly the way the Lord showed up was, was just something, it, it was beyond belief, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, not that it took all the grieving away or that it took everything away. Certainly not. Um, but you know, I had a friend that was like, listen, man, God's showing up and you're going to know when he does. Yeah. And it was in, and, and he showed up and I knew when he did. And it was, um, that was also a, a supernatural thing. The low was lower than I could have imagined. Yeah. The comfort from the Lord was greater than I could have imagined sure. as well. Um, and so. do you mind, do you mind, you share with me a little bit about how God showed up? I don't know if that's too personal, but do you, do you mind sharing a little bit about that story about how like in the midst of your grief, God came through and, and I think people would be blessed to hear that if you're, if you're willing to oh, share. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm glad to share. It was, you know, so it, it was just kind of crazy how, um, you know, the, the Lord works from Ohio. I moved to Georgia when I was still actually 19. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's been a minute. Mm -hmm. I know you can't tell, but it's, it's, it's been, a, <laughs> it's been a minute. And so, you know, we, when, when I, I moved, way, you have the hair of a sprightly 15 year old, sprightly, yeah, so, <laughs> I'll take so it. That's it, what I was shooting just for. Keeps you looking young, man. You look, you look young. Well, so. you know, like my dad used to say, it, it can, it can turn gray. Just don't turn loose. <laughs> so, <laughs> it never did. It no, was holding on. It was, it was holding on for dear life. Yeah, it was yeah, turning gray, yeah, but it was holding on. So anyway, <laughs> anyway we'll, go we'll hope for that. But yeah, so, you know, so when I'm, so when I moved, my dad basically went into his office, literally as I backed out of the driveway. Mm -hmm. He went into his office yeah. and he just started writing me a letter. Yeah. Um, and it was a letter that he never, uh, he never actually gave to me because he had never completely finished it the way that he wanted to. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of raw feelings in that moment of just, you know, loving on his son and yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. Um, and so it was a, you know, a few months after he, he passed that my mom had stumbled on she was that. going through stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we found some interesting stuff that mo one of the most interesting things, you know, but you know, she pulled that out and, uh, did she know that this letter existed? She did. And in fact, I think I even knew that it existed. Um, but I hadn't, it wasn't, totally on our radar. We weren't thinking about it. Right, I remember. Going on. Yeah, yeah. And so when she brought that up again, it was like, oh yeah, that's right. I remember him saying at some point down the line that he had a letter that he wrote to me that he's going to give to me someday. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and so anyway, it, it was like I say about three months after the fact and, you know, it was, it just, it felt like <laughs> he had one last thing to say. Mm. <laughs> You know, and so it was just, it was just one of those things, dude, where it was like every two sentences, you know, you're just, 
you got to take a minute to wipe away the tears to read the rest, you know, but just him loving on me, you know, and just, yeah. Um, just being the loving father that he was, yeah. you know? And so that was, the letter was just full of that probably three or four pages, you know, certainly that I'll cherish for forever, but boy, it was just such a, as much as I wept <laughs> reading it, it was such a joy, Yeah, you know, um, to, again, feel like it was almost like God saved it. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't really get last words or anything like that. And it was just like one last thing, you know? Um, so yeah, that was, yeah. that was, that and, was a, cool. and a point of healing. Like it, it allowed you to get, to get that moment with your dad that was robbed from you. So suddenly, yeah. I mean, I think, I think about your dad and I think about the way that he passed. It was like, he was a man of su such physical emotional and spiritual strength yeah it almost seemed like if any man could live forever it right. would be that guy and then it happened so quick so fast. right like it was like um i almost feel like he he kind of knew right before that last surgery he, mm -hmm. he kind of knew but no one thought that it was that like after the surgery it was just going to be like boom like oh yeah he, he, he you know he just wasn't the same after that and, and so the idea of you getting a letter i mean Dude, oh yeah. What every person would love one last letter from a loved one. Oh but, man! But you got that gift. Yes, yeah. yes, for sure, a gift. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll cherish forever. You know, and it yeah. just, it just felt of the Lord. You know that He was just shining down in that moment. There was a reason that He never gave it to me. Yeah, you know, it would have meant a ton while He was here. Right. But meaning even more when He's not to actually say it with yeah. His mouth anymore. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so to have that hit you for the first time. In those moments, it was just, yeah, it was and then, special. Dude, and then this crazy story about your daughter. Yeah. So wild. So can you, yeah. do you mind sharing that? Yeah, story? yeah, okay. sure, okay. sure. So yeah, so I'm at the house, I work from home, and I'm sitting there at my in my office, and I'm listening to one of my dad's messages, which I, I do mm -hmm. regularly. Yeah. And so this is a message from, I don't even remember, it was probably 20 years old, right. you know, and I'm listening to it for whatever reason. And, and so my wife and my daughter Berkeley come up and, and I'd known that Berkeley's seven and she had been inquiring about salvation for a little while. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're, we were kind of the parents that are nervous that we're going to, you know, we, obviously we could have gotten a confession out of her right. years ago if we wanted it. Right. Mature decision. Yes, before. exactly. Yeah. But we just wanted her to really come to that point. And so, you know, my wife comes up with her and they sit down and he's like, well, daddy, I think, I think Berkeley's ready to get saved. Mm. And so I was like, oh, okay, okay. You know, so I, I paused the message. And so I, I just ask her some questions that are just sure. making sure she's understanding everything about the death, burial and resurrection of Christ. Right. Just making sure she understands everything. Yeah. Yeah. And she was understanding everything, giving all the right answers. And so, you know, ultimately we, we sat down and we, you know, in, in Berkeley got saved, Praise you know, God. right on the spot. Yeah. It was a, it was a beautiful day. We're all in tears, you know, and it's just, for yeah. a dad, there's nothing better for a dad. Oh yeah. You know, just then to have it, see his kids come to Christ. Like, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. She's my oldest. So that was our first mm -hmm. experience with that, man. What a blessing. And just, yeah. So we're all just sitting there crying. It was, uh, it was September 24th of this year that that happened. 
And so, you know, we're just kind of rejoicing and just having a moment there, hugging it out, the three of us. And so they end up going back downstairs and I'm going to, I'm going to continue listening where I was. And I press play in the message that I was listening to. And probably within about 15 minutes of hitting play, my dad starts talking about salvation and he starts going into his salvation, his testimony essentially. Mm -hmm. And he says, for me, it was September 24th, right, 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 right. And we were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I, pa I paused it and I was looking at the date because at the time I wasn't even oh, cognizant of what day it was. And I certainly wasn't thinking about what my dad's spiritual birthday was. Either. Sure, sure. And so I grabbed my phone and I was just like, <laughs> you just, I couldn't believe, like, I couldn't believe it, wow. you know, and it was just like, I don't know, man, you know, it just feel, you know, it just feels like, it just felt like yeah. that the Lord was just loving on us a little yeah, bit, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and what it's like a, a, it's at some level, it's like this superficial coincidence, right? Like it's just, oh, it just happened to be, and it, maybe it was just happened to be. Yes. But man, what a great reminder of how God has been at work in your family and like, it was the decision that your dad made, um, you know, in, on September 24th, what year was it? Well, it was, let's see, it was, so we did, we did the math because it got, well, we were kind of having fun with it, but yeah. it was 49 years to the day before. And so we're oh, like, oh, yeah. seven, seven, yeah. Yeah, she right. was seven. You know, so we started having fun with that too, yeah, but yeah. it was, yeah. So it was 49 years to the day prior wow. to. Berkeley getting saved and just, you know, just the fact that she had been talking for a while and we kind of were nervous right. to have her, you know, and so then that was just whatever it was, man, the Lord drawing her on that day. And so it was, yeah, it was, all, it was a dude, special that's day. That's beautiful. And it's all yeah. those things that do help us see the bigger picture of what God's doing. And, and, um, and so I, I really hope that, you know, a year isn't enough, you know, it's something that you deal as a scar you deal with the rest oh, of your yeah. life. And, but at the same time, you know, our prayer as a fellowship for you is that is that you'd get continued healing and that you would only be inspired to serve the Lord that much more, you know, yes. rigorously. Absolutely. You know? uh, that's exactly how that's exactly how I've tried to channel the grief. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, that's good. It's a therapeutic thing. We're just gonna go harder now. <laughs> suffering suffering is the true commonality of every Christian believer. And, and for us, suffering does different things than it does for the lost, you know? And so yes, our suffering is only just a catalyst for seeking and saving the lost. So that's right. Well, that's right. Exactly. Bro, I love you, dude. I'm so thankful that you're here. I appreciate it, bro. I love you too, man. I appreciate um, you. And, and a lot of people, <laughs> you know, they, we've heard your dad on the show and I know that a lot of people have heard your dad preach. Yeah. But you are still maybe a little un like people are unfamiliar with you and your story. So let's talk about you for just a minute. I want to hear about what it was like growing up and about your own salvation yeah. and and growing up with your dad. What was that like? So man, if you could share that kind of stuff with yeah. us, I think people would love to know what that was like. Yeah, for know? sure, for sure. Yeah. So you know, I obviously my dad was a pastor my whole my whole life. Mm -hmm. um, he was a pastor before I was born. So my whole life, you know, I've been the PK. Yeah. And all that stuff. And, you know, and I, and I've said, and some people listening may have heard me say this before, but I've always said, man, as, as great of a pastor as he was, he was an even better dad. Yeah. As great of a preacher as he was, he was an even better dad. And so it was just, um, you know, quite honestly, until we lost him, I'd, my life has been a fairy tale. Yeah. You know, it really, it really, mm -hmm. it really has. 
you know, and um, and it was always such a cool thing for me, you know, because my dad's story is I think he's even told on this podcast is is that he he didn't he didn't grow up in a in a Christian home no, like that, right? You know, and so for him to be, you know, basically first one out of his family like that, mm-hmm. you know, and just for the barnacles to be so far removed. You know, to where I basically grew, grew up in the Cleaver household. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that was Your mom, my life. Let's just say it right now. Your mom <laughs> seems to be the perfect mom. <laughs> oh, she, yes. She, she had was. to have been. She is. Oh, for was sure. Like cookies every day when you came home from school and stuff. Like <laughs> right. that's what I imagine. Right, right. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it was a fair, it was a fairy tale. Yeah, you know, yeah. the sweet, how sweet she is that you guys see is how she was at oh, home. I'm sure. You know, so I, I was blessed beyond measure. I recognize it now. I recognized it then. You know, it was uh, just um, how gracious God was that somehow I ended up in this family. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that was yeah. how I felt yeah. and still feel, you know. Yeah. And so, uh, man, what what a blessing. But yeah, dude, it was my dad. Was, my dad is my hero. He always was. And he was a loving father. The church, the time at the church, the time through my childhood was, I mean, I, you, you, I can't say enough positive things about it. Yeah. You know, um, I was saved. I was saved at seven years old as well. Um, while my, while my dad was preaching, you know, it was a certainly a moment I'll never forget. And he basically, he left during the service and we went up to his office and kneeled down together at a, chair that he had out in front of the office, you know, and just, yeah. So it was a, it was a, it was a beautiful thing and something I'll never forget, but. And you grew up going, obviously where your dad pastor was, um, most people know first Baptist new Philly. Yes. And, uh, you described it as like, it was like your playground, like the church, like in the people, it was your family. (laughs) Yeah. You just ran around and you, you were there playing basketball all the time. (laughs) Your jump shot. That's right. You just lived there. It was, and it was wonderful. Oh yeah. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. And you know, and it's, it it still feels like that, you know, Mm -hmm. it's still like that when I go back, I mean, those people are family, Mm -hmm. you know, and it feels, it still feels a lot like home, obviously George's home, but it's still, you know, we were there for so long and so many, unbelievable and fond memories and yeah i mean all the memories as a kid pretty much get funneled back to the church oh yeah you know and so yeah it was and so that was a that obviously your dad had a huge impression on you the church being at home was a was really wonderful but you decided to leave and move to georgia what was the reasoning behind that like yeah at the time when did you when you left what was the reasoning behind yeah so when i left it was basically you know, there was a there was a land developer and a real estate guy out there that was moving and shaking and all those things, and he was gracious enough to um, offer to teach me the ropes. Yeah, and so I was ni- I was still nineteen and I was figuring things out, and I wasn't sure what the Lord had for me. I wasn't sure a lot of things. I felt like I knew what the Lord had for me ultimately, but in the, in the short term, I didn't know what Mm -hmm. he had for me. And so it was like, Hey, you know, let's, let's try this thing out in Georgia and let's, in worst case scenario, I just move on back home. Nothing lost, you know? Mm -hmm, Right. And so I, I convinced my best buddy to move with me and, uh, and we moved out there together. He ended wow. up moving back. I stayed and, you know, uh, and obviously I'm still there to this day. Um, and so real estate and work is essentially what got me there. 
Um, and of course, the Lord had my wife there in his own timing and those sure. type of things as well. Sure. So, yeah. So, you know, I think many people who are part of the fellowship are aware that you were ordained this last year. And I know between you and I, we've had conversations about how God had that on your heart for a long time. But um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about the story of how you got to the place where you were ready and God had prepared you for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it was it was the it was the type of thing that, you know, since I've been, you know, probably a teenager, there's been at least a belief within me that somehow, some way, I was going to end up in vocational ministry. Right. You know, and in throughout the years, I I didn't know when, I didn't know how, I didn't know where, mm-hmm. I didn't know any of those things. Right. You know, but there was just something inside of me that was, you know that I felt like that was where God was eventually going to have me. Right. Um, and, and certainly something that I talked to my dad about tons of times, mm. you know, um, and man, if anything, he talked, tried to talk me out of it more than he did yeah, talk was, me into that it. That was one of the things I was going to say <laughs> is like, I think it's interesting anytime someone who has grown up around the pastorate yeah. and seen behind the curtain and seen, I'm sure your dad, I know your dad probably protected you from a lot of the, Harder parts of he ministry, did. yeah. But you saw enough of it to know that it was burdensome, yeah. Right, and um, but then to see that and have your eyes wide open and be like, "Well, I still want it." I can't, right, I, can't, I like that's something I desire. That's a big deal, <laughs> right? Right. I know. I've thought about that before too. I was I've sat back a few different times and said, "Man, I, I guess I'm just a glutton for punishment." Yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah. it's like you know, <laughs> but there's some truth to that. But I think that's what it comes down to. You know, it comes back to the advice he gave me, which was the advice he received, which is the advice I think a bunch of people have received all through the years, which is <laughs> if you can't do anything else, yeah, do yeah. that. Yeah, I actually you know, he said that on the show. <laughs> oh, did he? that exact very thing. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. And that was the same advice that he gave me. If you mm-hmm. just can't see yourself continuing to do anything else, then do that. And that's how you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just continued to feel like that. Um, of course, I continued to work my secular job and, you know, do the real estate thing that I was doing and um, and have continued to do. But it just always felt like that. that I always believed that that's what the Lord had called me to ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, then, um, you know, and I, it, without going into details, it, we can go into details, but, you know, God was opening doors right around the time that my dad was taking a turn for the worse. Yeah. Um, we didn't realize mm-hmm. that that was the reality at the right. time. Right. Um, but that's, that, that, that's what it was, mm-hmm. you know? And so it was, um, it was one of those journeys, man, to where, and I'm sure I did, I'm sure I was very flawed in the midst of it. I have no doubt. Uh, I'm a product of God's grace, 100%. Mm-hmm. The attempt was is to continue to do the next right thing that I know to do, um, and and let God take care of the yeah. rest. You know, yeah. we we can't always. You know, God doesn't God doesn't give us our ten year plan. You know, he, he doesn't inform it. No, he, he, he'll, he'll direct us to the next yeah. right step, yes. right? We yes. acknowledge him and he directs our paths, Yeah. you know, but it's not like there's no writing on the wall no. that here's how this is going to shake out. Here's when and all this stuff. So all you can do is by the grace of God, do the next right thing right. that you know to be doing or you believe you should be doing sure. in that moment. I, your dad used to always, I'm sure you had to have heard this a million times, but I heard him occasionally when he was preaching 
when I, you know, when I binge Mark Trotter sermons, yeah. he would often uh, talk about the direction of one's feet. Mm, mm -hmm. right? was, yeah, yeah, he loves that. Like, if, yeah. if, if yeah. your feet were directed the right way, um, no, no matter when you took a step or, or how would that step look like, that you are gonna be heading the direction that God wants you to go. But if right. your feet are off just slightly, you know, if you're slightly turned, if you're unsure, if you're to the left or to the right, yes. you're going to end up in a place that you shouldn't be. And that's right. It sounds to me like, I mean, you just had your feet turned the right way and it just took time to get, it took, a, you know, there was a season of life where it just required God trying you and preparing you. Yes. Yes. Even when things would go on in my secular job, the real estate stuff, like there was always that voice inside that was like, it's all good. God's just mm -hmm. preparing you for what's next. He's yeah. teaching you for what's next. Yeah. You know, and that's how it always felt. Sure. Um, you know. We all know how critical training is for the pastorate. Yeah. Right? Like that's why we have LFBI. That's why we have all these training mechanisms from from the work of discipleship mm -hmm. on, onward. There's a sanctifying process um, that looks like growing in the knowledge of God's word. What does it look like for Mark Trotter's son to get trained? I mean, like, I, like <laughs> yeah. I would think a lot of times you probably got like a pass. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, oh, well, it's Mark Trotter's son. He must know. He must know. Yeah, right, right, right. right. But, but so, what does it look like? How did your dad invest in you? What did the actual the actual training look like for you to grow in the knowledge of God's word? And yeah, and like, did he give you like tips along the way? That he nudge you like, okay, learn. I want you to learn from this situation or. Yeah. Tell us, a, give yeah, us a yeah. little insight so into the, that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, and it's funny because there there were things like that. There were the nudges that, mm -hmm. you know, he was doing that. Now, he wouldn't always couch it as, here's what I'm trying to teach you. He would yeah. just start doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so yeah. you would just, there was a lot that you were catching that he was very much intentionally laying down mm -hmm. for you. You know, and, and you know what? There was a whole bunch of it that, I, that I, I hope that I was catching just watching. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just watching somebody who is practices what they preach, mm -hmm. you know, and, and watching somebody navigate this or navigate that and, and all of those things and just watching that very real example right mm -hmm. in front of me. Yeah. Um, and so that right there, I mean, I, I don't think there's, you can put a dollar amount on the value of you know, having a front row seat to watch sure, that type sure, of thing. For sure. Um, you know, and, and you know, it's funny. One of the things that I think it was, was big that he did that was, that was good for me was what we kind of referenced, uh, referenced a second ago, which was he was never pushing me in that direction. <laughs> in fact, if anything, he tried to talk me out of it more than push me into it. And, and I think the beauty of that on some level is, is that, I was, I never felt like I had to go into the ministry to earn my dad's approval or that that was some sort of secret dream of his. Yeah. I, I never believed that. Yeah. And I still, you know, I, 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 and of course I still don't. And I think that there's, there was a lot of value in that for me because I felt like, you know, as he, obviously he held the role father, which he is to exemplify the heavenly mm -hmm. father and point me to the heavenly father and that's what he was doing and in in that vein he was um loving me for however god made me and whatever god had yeah. for me whatever that looked like it didn't have to look like what it looked like for him right and so feeling that i think was a was a was instrumental as well it was huge it, it, for me mm -hmm. for just even even feeling like that and 
in a weird kind of way. That was part of it, I think, as well, you know, just feeling that support. Sure. Because it was never had to do it for that reason. You know, I've I've had people ask, you know, my so my dad has heard me preach. He got to hear me preach a couple times. Yeah. Um, and it was like, oh my goodness, what must have that been like? Like you've had to have been scared to death, right? You know, hit him in the room of all people yeah. and this and that. And I was like, you know what's weird? I've never felt more comfortable or confident in my life because I felt like there was somebody in that room that I knew for 100% certain had my back like nobody's business was rooting for me like you couldn't believe and loved me whether it stunk or whether he thought it was the greatest thing he ever heard. Sure. And to me that 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 was that was huge for me um and impactful for me as well um in a kind of backwards kind of way. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. We're going to pause right here for just a second so we can hear from one of our students from the Living Faith Bible Institute. I'm Craig Warner. I'm the kids pastor at First Baptist Church of New Philadelphia, Ohio, and a recent graduate of the Living Faith Bible Institute. LFBI was a great chance for me to grow, to learn, to continue my education without having to take time away from my family or my own ministry. In fact, being able to take classes at my own pace ultimately allowed me to be more effective in my ministry. I can't tell you how invaluable it is for LFBI to be structured in such a way that you're encouraged to implement what you learn in ministry and not just sit on the information for yourself. It was a great experience to hear from a variety of instructors uh, from other ministries and parts of the country in tandem with serving my local church. Through LFBI, I received a library of resources that I'll be able to reference for the rest of my life. It was curated by the experience and the countless hours of study put in by the instructors. I can't tell you how grateful I am for all those that invested in and equipped me for the work of the Lord. In addition to the information and resources, I was able to develop relationships with so many of the students and the instructors that have impacted my life in the way that I view ministry. There was a lot of info to retain and there's still a lot that I don't know, but perhaps the greatest takeaway from LFBI is the confidence to be able to compare scripture with scripture and rightly divide the word of truth so that I can be certain of what God says for myself. This is an approach to the Bible that will stay with me for the rest of my life. So if anyone's interested in learning what God's word has to say, I'd encourage you to sign up for the Living Faith Bible Institute. To enroll for classes, visit lfbi.org. To support LFBI, please visit lfbi.org slash support. The way you're describing it, it just makes so much sense. I'm sure that's exactly how your dad was because in life and ministry, he wasn't the type of person to tell anybody what to do, right? He right. wasn't a critical spirit, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, I know that there was times he probably had to say a lot of hard things, right? but man, uh, the way that, you, that someone felt loved by him it, there was an unconditional love, right? Like, which is why I think one of the reasons why so many people were drawn to him is because every, you know, people always say that they felt like your dad's best friend, right? Right. That's because he was that intentional. And I think all it had to be all the much more as his son, um, you know, feeling, su feeling support, um, but never being pushed, never being driven, never telling, having, you know, telling you that you have to do this or have to do that. It's like, that's got to create a lot of liberty and freedom in terms of your decision-making. Yes. Uh, I would think. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You don't have any of those, you know, 
not deciphering why right. am I doing this? Am I seeking yeah. daddy's approval? You know, just yeah. all of this yeah. type of stuff. The baggage. Yeah. Right, right. Because, it, you know, and I, and I say that because on, so there, it is definitely a thing that pastors tend to do a lot of steering with their children. Yeah. You know, in, in, in that regard for right, wrong, or indifferent, mm-hmm. that wasn't his approach. Right. Um, and it was one that I appreciated because to me, it went hand in hand with. I'm accepted here, man. Yeah. This, I'm, I'm loved beyond measure. It, it, it isn't about that. Mm-hmm. You know, of course he wanted me to follow the Lord and whatever I do, but it was, it had nothing to do with vocational ministry or whatever. It was whatever God had. Let's go for that. Yeah. That's wonderful, man. Yeah. That's good. So yeah, was, that, every man needs that in their life, whether it comes from their actual father or from mentors. In their <laughs> life. They, it's yeah. just such a critical thing. Yeah. Um, so with that, I mean, you are, you're a pastor now, right? Yeah. You've, you've been ordained <laughs> and um, you're at Cali Harbin, which is a church in the Living Faith Fellowship. Tell us about Cali Harbin. Uh, there's probably a lot of people who've never been there or, or maybe unfamiliar with the church. Tell us about the church. Tell us about the culture of the church and, yeah. and just what it's like, where, where it's, it's in Georgia. Tell us about where it's at, right. community, things like that. Right. So it's in Villa Rica, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And it is, man, this was a church that was planted in like, the 1930s. Okay. Um, so it's actually been there for quite some time. Uh, the lead pastor there currently, Corey Gordon, is a guy who, man, he got he got turned on to my dad's stuff. What's it been? 15, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. probably now. Mm-hmm. Before he ever met him in person, actually, he started getting the. I think it was tapes. Tapes. Yeah, yeah. yeah so the tape. Ta- everybody talks about the, the tapes. tapes yeah. The infamous tapes, yeah. right? So you know how long ago it was when you right. say tapes, right? And so you know he got turned onto the tapes, and and you know he was a, a product of that, and is a product of that, and so you know what a what a blessing it was. Obviously, when the door was opening at a place like that, to where you know the doctrines and the ministry philosophies and all of those things, you know, are right in line with, obviously I'm a product of my dad as well. I sure. saw things the same way he, he saw them. And I see things the same way he saw them. And so, you know, it was, it, it was that type of thing. And, mm. and man, the people of, of Cali Harbin have just been wonderful, you know, just kind, sweet souls who really have just taken us in and loved on us as their own, just right from the get go. Right. And that's been, man, that's been a, that's, that's huge, obviously. Yeah, that's yeah. a huge blessing. So, yeah. That's good, man. And so what's the community in Villa Rica yeah. like? And, and what are the people in the church like? And, and yeah. maybe ex- express to us a little bit about what the vision that you and Corey have for the church moving forward. Uh, because there's a dynamic in your guys' relationship and some, and some expectations and goals. Maybe you can explain yeah. how that's, how that works and, and what your heart is for the ministry there. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So it's a, you know, it's a rural area. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, it's way more country than it is city slicker. Yeah. It's, it's way, you know, it's, it's sure. on that end of the how spectrum. How far outside of Atlanta is that? Uh oh, you're gonna bring geography into this? Oh, no, I just, just know. I just know how much you have to drive. Drive. Oh, oh. when you're anywhere within a hundred miles of Atlanta, it seems like the drive is just insane, right? Like, <laughs> right. Right. It basically, well, on Sundays it's not bad. Okay. 
but we are going to have to we we're, we're about 50 minutes on Sunday right now. Okay. We're going to have we're going to the one of the goals of 2022 is for us to to, move. to move yeah a yeah. lot closer. Yeah. So cuz Wednesday night is a little brutal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, you told me about that drive. Yes. Yeah, it's like almost doubled. Is everybody asleep in the car on the way home? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, if they if they have finished eating, you know, cuz it's one of oh, those yeah. things like pull through Chick-fil-A and grab yeah. this and that and Right. You know, so they end up in a like a chicken mac and cheese coma in the back. Oh, you know, and no, one I of know, those I know things. What that's like, yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. so tell, <laughs> tell us about the people there. Like, yeah, who you know, who is it, and who are you to minister to? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's a good. We've got a lot of young couples in oh, the church. Um, it, there's actually a pretty good dynamic as far as the ages are spread out pretty good. Mm. Um, so that's a blessing. It, it's good to have a, a little bit of all of that. And so, yeah, we, we, there's, there's all of that there. Um, and man, yeah, just, just a bunch of, a, a bunch of folks that love the word. Um, you know, Corey is a, a great preacher and he loves the word and, um, and he has, he teaches the meat of yeah. it. You know, and, and so they they understand the value in that. Yeah. And so, you know, that's that's been a blessing. And so, man, he he's just he's laid out. Um, he's got everything going in the right direction. And, mm -hmm. you know, my hope is to continue to just build from there, you know, yeah, together to from there. That, the, the goal is, I mean, Corey wants to move into to the associate pastor position. That's right. And and then you he would be supporting you as the head pastor, right? So explain that. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. So Corey has been telling his folk, telling the folks of Cali Harbin for a while. He's been telling them, "Hey, listen, guys, I'm not the guy long term." Mm -hmm. You know, he Corey has a secular job that he works as well, um, and he has been wanting to take more of a teaching pastor type of role. Yeah. And so he's been knowing that that's what the Lord had for him for a while. He just hasn't known who it was who that how. was going to take. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, so obviously we're in the midst of this now. And so what the plan is, is that I'm, we're essentially going to trade roles in July of, of 2022 is, is the plan. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I've been, you know, working as a, essentially an associate pastor type of role. Um, what, since whatever that was April, I guess, yeah. something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so then the plan though, all along, and he had that on front street, you yeah. know, and that was cool because yeah. it wasn't one of these back office things. One of these days, sure, sure, this is going to happen. You yeah. know, it, it, it wasn't that in that. So it, I was thankful for that. And that was on front street from the get go. Like, here's the plan. Yeah. If you, you know, his, I think his line was, if you, if this is coming as a surprise to you, then I'm not doing much good for you because you hadn't been listening to me anyway. Right. So, you should, yeah. so it was kind of one of those type of things. <laughs> that so, sounds like something Corey might. Yeah, say. yeah, yeah. So it was, but yeah. So it was true. So anyway, so that was that was the plan, and that was what he had in mind. And then it was just a matter of yeah. God's timing and and all those things. And so you know, here we here we sit, and it's kind of kind of wild, exciting. I mean, yeah, on cusp. It'd be really great actually to, um, you know, a year from now, uh, or, you know, maybe next mission focus interview again and just see the pro the progress right. of what God's doing in the ministry. Because I know you have, you have a, obviously the way so many of us in the fellowship do you have a heart for discipleship and, and training and your desires for prayer and, 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 and these 
critical things. And, and I know God's going to use you, you know, he's used Corey and now he's going to use you and it'll be exciting to see what God does. Yeah, man. I'd love to do that. Yeah. Pray, by the grace of God that, yeah. yeah, that will be the case. And, you know, we'll continue to grow and, you know, continue to, you know, do obviously have the same philosophies as, as you guys reproduce, mm -hmm. reproduce, you know, yeah. the whole reproducing thing and go on and say that 10 times, right. you know, but that, that's, that's the goal. Mm -hmm. Um, that's the goal you know, come, I said before, you know, I was before this door opened, you know, that I was praying about what it may look like to plant a church where I live currently. Mm -hmm. Obviously, mm -hmm. like I said, I'm about 15 minutes away. And yeah. so we're praying about that. And my, and my thing the whole time was, is I was like, if we're just going to plant this thing and host nice services, I'm out. Yeah. But if we're going to plant this thing and we're going to be a part of something that's right. actually functioning as the body of Christ right. is reproducing itself and is in the community and is evangelizing and discipling and in, we're going to do right. that and function that way. I'm all in. That's all I want to do. I'm all in on that one. Yeah, but if we're good. just going to host nice services and gain a bunch of knowledge that, that I'm out on that. Yeah. I'll just yeah. keep I'll just keep doing real estate. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Amen to all that. And I, and I pray that's the heartbeat of all the living faith fellowship churches is to, is to be church planting churches yes. reproducing. Yeah. Um, so I do want to address what it's like to be a Cavs fan. <laughs> um, Are you, okay. So here's the deal. So after being what, 20 years in Atlanta, area, right. <laughs> are you, do you have, do you have allegiance to the Hawks? Or are you still a homer and you're just like, you're rooting for the Cavs? What's that like? Yes. Okay. So I will start with, you know, Ohio State Buckeyes through and through. Okay. Okay. Well, so we, we, that's. Anybody that's come within a hundred <laughs> yards of you or your dad recognize that you guys are Buckeyes. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's through and through. I, I mean, I'm slightly ashamed to admit that the loyalties don't lie quite as strong with the other teams in Ohio. You've given all of your energy. That's right. That's what it is. That's okay. what it is. All of my energy has gone there. The NBA for me has always been about a player. So like even when I was in Ohio, it was all about Jordan. Right. Sure. Sure. So I'm following the. I'm a so Bulls that's guy. That's not right. That's not right. And bro. so it's. I know it's kind of wrong. It's got to be carnal on some level. It's absolutely carnal. But I'm like a. I'm kind of a Curry guy now, <laughs> and so <laughs> I like watching. Yeah. Curry. Oh well, who doesn't like? Watching? I mean, but Trey Young. Yeah, Atlanta. You know, so Trey Young's exciting. Yeah, you should get behind. Like, I, I, I want right now just intervene and say you need to get behind Trey Young and you need to be an Atlanta Hawks fan. We, you know what, we are we are supporting Trey. Trey, my son got a Trey Young shirt for Christmas. We are going to, my gift for Christmas was, I'm taking my two oldest to the Warriors-Hawks game. Oh, that's going to be Now, amazing. that's going to be, yeah, I'm very excited. Now, the shame of it is, is I don't know that I'm quite, that might be the only team I can't root for the Hawks over them for. Wow, yeah, that'll change. <sighs> I know. As your son grows up and he <laughs> loves the Hawks. Right. And Trey Young... And Steph retires. And, yeah. 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 That'll, that'll change. That'll change. Right. Yes. But that, the nine, 90s NBA is one of the things that we've connected over. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, yes. We're from the same. I mean, we're from the same, the same era. era. We had the same loves and passions back then. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think one of the very first conversations you and I ever had was about Mark Price. Oh, yes. That's right. Because yeah. I had a shirt on of Mark yeah, Price. Yeah. It was amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I bumped into him at a Sunny's like 10 years ago. Sunny's. It's barbecue. Is it barbecue? Yeah, in Can yeah. I mean, it's probably a cuss word for Kansas. In uh, in Georgia, actually, I oh, bumped into oh. him in Georgia. 
Weird. So he played at Georgia Tech. And, and so, so Sonny's is just like terrible barbecue in Georgia. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, Compared okay. to what you guys have, I think you account. Now, it was my dad's favorite. And oh, so, you know, okay. you have we'll to give at least credence. give it a little bit. Yes. Yeah. But to most, to you guys, barbecue connoisseurs as you guys are, yeah. probably would not fit the bill. It would probably fall probably woefully not. short. Probably not. But yeah, but I'm you just walking Mark Price. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. I was walking through and I'm like, hey. So I went up and interrupted his meal. I'm sure he appreciated that. And you did. I did. I did. I That's did. That's bold. Was it he was nice? Super nice. Yeah. 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 I was just told him, hey, man, I grew up in Ohio, grew up watching you, enjoyed it. I've always appreciated it. He was a believer, you know? Yeah. He's so from I told Oklahoma him, originally. Oh, is he? I didn't even yeah, know. Yeah. Because someone recently told me that they, they knew him from college. Oh, really? Or they, they knew okay. him somehow through. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll be dogging. Yeah, he's a believer. Yes. So I just said, always appreciated the fact that you, you know, had a good testimony yeah. and stuff like that. You know, my mom and dad were always like, Mark Price should be your favorite player. Uh, and as a kid, I'm like eight years old and I'm like, but Michael Jordan's the man. Uh, right. Like, <laughs> I guess he's okay. Mark Price is right, okay. He's good. But, I like him. Yeah. He's good. But have you seen Michael Jordan fly? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, that's cool. You, right, did you, did right. you get his autograph? Did you ask for it? I did not. No. And I, it was really before the selfie days. And I think he had barbecue in his teeth. And okay. so, no. <laughs> so anyway. That would have been a great picture. That would have been awesome. Oh, yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. I got a selfie with Steve Nash, not Mark Price. I oh, that's cool. Yeah, just walking down the street. There's Steve Nash. That's better, actually. Yeah, he was better than Mark Price, yeah. we have to admit. Yeah, he's really good. <laughs> uh, I'd like to have seen, I wish he would have played in this era. Yes. He would have shot more threes. Yes, yeah. yes. That would have been interesting. It would have. Um, okay, so our listeners have no interest in that. <laughs> but I felt like we should do it just for just Absolutely. to make record of our our shared love of basketball. Absolutely. There's at least a 10% that maybe could appreciate there's a, that. There's a small amount of our listenership who would be like, yes, 90s NBA, please, more of that. You guys should start another podcast. <laughs> right, I'm talking about 90s devoted basketball. Devoted to that. Right, all the females have already shut it off. Right, right, right. right. So they haven't heard okay, this so part. Okay, so let's switch gears because I've got, I've got yes. one more really important question okay. to ask you and, and I want you to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so Wedstrong. Yes. Wedstrong was a conference that your dad put on um, every year for for several years, your dad is passionate about marriages, and so you're carrying that torch. Uh, and so, Wedstrong uh, 2021 just happened uh, a month right. ago. Tell us about Wedstrong for people who have never heard of it, and and tell us what the vision of of that conference is. It's one of the five conferences that we offer as a fellowship. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, my my dad was passionate about marriages. He had, you know, some incredible teaching on marriage that, you know, rocked many people's world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, the way he puts it, and I actually played a video clip of him saying this at Wedstrong this year, yeah. but the way he puts it, you know, it, his, the passion may have started because of growing up as a kid, he always feared that his parents were going to get divorced. Mm. Um, and that was a big, that was a, always on he'd pray he's he he basically the way he puts it in that video clip is is he didn't he wasn't saved and he knew next to nothing other than he believed there had to be a god and so he prayed every night that his parents wouldn't get divorced oh, as a wow. kid you know and so some of the passion came from that you know it's funny cuz i even remember as when i when i was a kid i remember one time my dad asking me he's like he said hey do you you don't ever do you ever worry that me and your mom are going to get a divorce and because I said, it was just something that he when when he was young it was always on his mind exactly exactly and i said 
nope, never crossed my mind. Wow. And so he was like, okay, cool. He said, because was, really, was always a concern of mine when I was your age, and I just wanted to put your mind at ease if that ever crossed your mind that you don't have anything to worry about, buddy. You know, so it was kind of one of those yeah. type You're, of things. Okay, so b- before we get, so I had your dad on the show to talk about marriage. Yeah. Right? We had a, we did a, and he would not admit, I was trying to corner him. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll admit this now. I was trying to corner him because I wanted to know what it was like for him and your mom to work through arguments. Oh. <laughs> right? And he sure as heck on the show made it sound like they never argued one time. If they did, it was not, if, I was not privy to this. Which is amazing. Okay. Which speaks to the principles that your dad carried with him. Yeah. And, and which is why he was a goldmine for information about what it meant to be a, a good husband. And a good wife. <laughs> right. Yes. So, yes. So, so exactly. So yeah, man, he, he had a, he's got a goldmine of teachings on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously that was what he was, was teaching at the Wedstrong conferences. Yeah. And so obviously when, when my dad passed, we had great concerns over, you know, what happens with some of these things that he has put so much work towards, mm-hmm. you know, and we, the, the thought of it falling to the ground was, you know, almost more than you could bear, you know? So anyway, by the grace of God, the, the fellowship rallied around the idea of carrying it on and supported it. And so we're super grateful for that. And, but basically, you know, what, the Wedstrong Marriage Conferences. This past year, we had it in Nashville. We usually have it um, in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So it's usually two weeks after Thanksgiving and two weeks before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so we've tried to find a semi-neutral ground to where so many of the churches from the fellowship can get there. Yeah, because we got churches all over the U.S. Yes. Finding a central location is important so that people can drive there without a lot of burden. Exactly. Yeah. It's important and it's challenging. And so we're, you know, and of course you're trying to find a location where is a desirable destination. Yeah, you don't want you to know? end up in like Boonville, nowhere. <laughs> right, right, like, exactly. There's no draw. <laughs> there's no draw there. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna sit around and uh, yeah, right, right. Look right. at the stars. Right. Um, so, so you landed this year. You guys were in Nashville. Right. Yeah, we were in Nashville, and that that we may we may do Nashville again. Yeah. Um, just because of the proximity. Um, to a lot of the churches, it's a it's a pretty decent spot. But yeah, anyway, cool. but you know what Wedstrong is about is certainly it's about biblical teaching on marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. But you know, it isn't a conference where you just sit there with teaching all day long. Sure, it's because not sterile. That's right. Yeah. And, and part of the because part of the goal isn't just to teach; it's to actually give you time away with your wife or your spouse, and give you time away to where you guys can hang out and bond and you guys can just get away, yeah. right? And, yeah. and of course, a lot of times people use that to hang out with other couples as well and all those things, right? But there's a ton of built-in free time because that's part of it. It's, it's not just teaching. It's let's get away, let's have fun and enjoy time with your spouse. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this year we we did something different. We, we played the newlywed game to kick it off, you know, so we did that something. That looked like a lot of fun. Oh, <laughs> it, it was. Your panel looked, <laughs> it, it was every kind of per- person right. on that panel. Right. It was really good. It, oh, man. And we were left with some classic sound bites and one-liners. Oh, and sure. oh, my goodness. It was, yeah, it was hilarious. But anyway, so we did that. Um, we did a breakout session where my where my mom spoke to the ladies I can't tell you how many ladies have come up to me and been like, that was my favorite session of the, oh, man, of the no week. Doubt. 
Um, yeah. And this past this past Wedstrong, you know, we had you know, speaking of going through my dad's old stuff. So you know, we're going through my dad's stuff, and we found a file, and it said put in file for Wedstrong 2021. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you are kidding me. And so anyway, so long story short, for this past Wedstrong, what I did was as I grabbed that message he intended to preach in Wedstrong 2021 and attempted to honor him and give him one last crack at us on marriage. Yeah, yeah. And I preached the message that he intended to preach on um, in, in Wedstrong 2021. And so that was a that was a cool privilege for me to be able to do. Man, that's um, great. So yeah, so we did that this year, but we'll continue to... Uh, you know, we, by the grace of God, everybody was just so positive and encouraging. I've heard great things. The spirit, oh, that's cool. Yeah. The spirit in there was just wonderful. And, you know, we're, we're excited to, to do it again next year and hope it continues to impact folks. I know that their folks impacted their marriages. There's a lot of people there that, you know, the reason that they're there isn't because their marriage is in shambles is because they don't want it to eventually get there, right? They yeah. understand the importance of that yeah. relationship it's in the eyes of the Lord. That's yeah, right. To take time away and to sit under good teaching together without any of the burden of life, just to get together and and hear about what a godly marriage looks like. Yes. Set your eyes on the right thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. If you're, you know, if you're, you may be guilty like me, but it seems to be that, you know, when you're, we're in a similar stage of life with our kids and things mm-hmm. like that, but it seems to be that the, Number one, you know, human relationship that we're to prioritize ends up being the easiest one to push to the back burner. Yeah. You know, where you'll be in the same. You take it for granted. Ha- yes, yeah. yes. And once the kids of this is done, and the kids and this and that and the other things done, then me and you will have some quality time. You know, yeah, we'll have time to so, go to sleep. Right, like, right. Watch ten minutes of the office and then <laughs> fall asleep on the couch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's, exactly. It's not good. It's, it's not, not good. good. Right. Exactly. So this is just that time to prioritize that relationship and give it its due, the importance, of course, that it has in the mm-hmm. eyes of the Lord as well. And so, you know, we hope to continue to carry that on. And so, yeah, it's been, it's well, been really good. Uh, like I said, people have said great things about this last year. I know it was difficult. I know it meant a lot to carry that torch. Um, I know that it was a new, a new work for you yeah. to, to own this kind of thing, put yeah. on a conference. I mean, what the heck? Oh, right? yeah. That's not an easy thing to do. <laughs> no, um, and so we're thankful for Callie Harbin. Uh, for really getting behind that and getting and, and, and for you choosing to do it. Uh, and I know we're yeah, months thanks. and months, you know, when this airs, yeah. we'll be months and months away from the next one, but right. people should kind of in their mind and in their calendar determine, hey, you know, I'd, I'd really like to get there and be there and be a part of it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'd encourage you to do it. Um, I, I, I think you will enjoy it and be blessed and be challenged. You know, it's a, uh, you know, mark your calendar it will most likely be that in between thanksgiving and christmas time we do we're breaking our necks to try to keep it as affordable as possible it's very challenging it is yeah everything has keeps going up in price right and you're trying to make it as nice as you can for as you know anyway so it's one of those type of challenges again what's what do you place value in is your marriage worth right that and if it is then it's a you know a, a cost that you can count sure yep well, absolutely, dude. I'm so great. I'm so grateful for our friendship. Um, yeah, man. Me too, and, bro. Uh, I'm so thankful that you're here with us at the missions conference. I'm so thankful to spend time with you and and uh, for hanging out with me and, and doing an episode of the show, dude. Well, I'm I'm blessed to be here, bro. I really do. Thanks for having me on. I'm 
honored and humbled that you'd ask me to be on the show for real. And it's, yeah, it's a blessing to be here. I love you and appreciate you too, man. Well, and we'll have, and we'll aim to have you back again sooner, right. sooner than later. Let's do All it. All right, bro. Let's do it. And we want to say thank you as well for joining us. We love you so much. We're so grateful uh, for your support of the show, obviously, but we are praying that God would use this show uh, to draw you into greater faith. Uh, we desire every listener would grow in their capacity to minister, uh, to believe the Lord at his very word, to trust him for it, and to live out the Great Commission. And so, uh, you know, we want to just use this as an opportunity. We want to promote strong marriages. And so we would love for you uh, to consider being a part of Wedstrong next time around. Uh, if you're interested in the conversation we had about Mark, and you, maybe you never got to hear Mark, uh, maybe you, you never knew Pastor Mark Trotter, we want to highly encourage you to consider purchasing uh, some of the books that he wrote that's invaluable to our ministry. And so if you go to lffellowship.com, you'll find a link there to the Living Faith books, and we've published several of his books and hope to continue to do that. Uh, that would be a blessing to you. Obviously, his sermons, if you if you visit uh, marktrotter.tv, there'll be sermons there. And so, uh, but we're grateful to you and we're so grateful for the time that you spent with us this week. We love you uh, and we hope to see you again next week. God bless. Thanks for listening to The Postscript. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a rating and review in order to help other people find our podcast. If you value this show, please help us continue creating content by supporting Living Faith Bible Institute at lfbi.org support.